Hello and welcome to the Battle Cry podcast with Mark Meckler. Catch the original live broadcast Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project on YouTube. Go to conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's the Battle Cry with Mark Meckler. Man, I still love that. Thank you, Producer G, for the music because it gets me jacked up. And I need that right now. It's been a uh, wild and woolly Sunday. Look, I love Sundays. I always love Sundays because Sundays start with church. We go to a great church here in Texas, Hill Country Bible. We love Hill Country Bible. Great sermon this Sunday morning, really about being more about just trying to figure out what is it that Jesus wants out of you. That's a good way to live your life, right? Trying to figure out what God wants for you and then trying to live your life that way. So I did that. Go to church with the kids. Then we have brunch with the family afterwards. Come back to the house, do a wonderful brunch with the family. Beautiful day here outside of Austin. This is the time of year, right? So it's, a, it's a like 85 degrees. It's low humidity. We sit out by the pool. It's a great, perfect day. And the day's over. The kids leave. They actually borrowed one of my cars because they got to take their car in the shop. And then my mom and dad leave. And when my mom and dad go to leave, my mom comes back. All the lights are on on the dash of my car. Now, you've heard this before, right? Somebody's come to you in your life and said this. Maybe you're the person who said it to the person you know in your life who's mechanical. Only problem is I'm not that mechanical. <laughs> so she says, all the lights are on. I go out to the car. Sure enough, a bunch of the lights are on. It's not all of them, but there's a bunch lit up. And uh, we turn the car off, go to turn it back on, it's dead. So a lot of you guys are going, it's the battery, it's the alternator. Yes, probably. So we get her jumped up, we go to the uh, auto parts store, I'm gonna sling in a new battery, right? Easy enough. About two thirds of the way, they're actually about 150 feet from the auto parts store. Boom, her car dies in the left-hand lane on a busy boulevard. So luckily I'm right in front of her, we hit the flashers on and we call AAA, right? the miraculous AAA. Who never come? Who never call back? So we're sitting there. I finally say, police come up. They got the lights going and protecting us. God bless you guys, Cedar Park Police. And so they help us out, create a little traffic block. I run over to the auto parts store, grab a battery, throw it into mom and dad's car in the middle of traffic. Are you proud of me? Come on, say you're proud. I'm not a wrencher. I don't know how to do this kind of stuff. I mean, I know how to change a battery, but it's not my forte. The police were saying, though, that it looked like an Indy 500 pit car crew. You think they were being overly nice? I think they were being overly, overly nice. Anyway, followed my parents all the way home. They live about 25, 30 miles from here. Got them to their house, got them situated, came back, hustled back. You know why I hustled back? Because I love Sunday nights, because I get to be with you. And so I'm here with you Sunday night. It is the battle cry. I am Mark Meckler. That's why you are here because it's Mark Meckler's show, right? That's a lot of Mark Meckler, but you can handle it. What you can't handle, what maybe you can't handle, what I couldn't handle this week is watching liberals on Twitter react to the Makia Bryant shooting. That's the girl with the knife who was trying to kill another girl when the police officer shot her. Completely 100% justified shooting, by the way. If you've seen both the angles, this woman, this, well, look, I'm going to call her a woman because this is the left, right? She's 16 years old. They're trying to refer to her as a child now. But let's remember, they think 16-year-olds should vote. So are they women? Are they children? It just depends on the purpose, right? They think that young children under 16 should be able to decide what sex they are and get hormone therapy and all kinds of radical treatment. But because she got shot, even though she was trying to kill somebody, very obviously, uh, because of that, she's a child. 
I mean, the narrative from the left is so bad. And if you if you watched at all what they were saying on Twitter about how this could have been handled in a different way. Again, I'm going to tell you, I come from a law enforcement family. I look at all these things as they happen. I normally don't call them early because you don't really know what the facts are. But the video is clear. She said, I'm going to effing kill you, B, or I'm effing stab you, B, as she was lunging at another girl with a knife. Like, I think that's a life-threatening situation. I think a cop who comes on that situation, he had a total, by the way, from the second he got out of the car until she tried to stab this girl, he had a total of nine seconds. So people are saying that he should have de-escalated, that, that he should have, in those nine seconds, done something differently, right? And so there was just some stuff that was on Twitter. It's just unbelievable. By the way, I don't know if you subscribe to this, but if you don't, you know, there's the Babylon Bee, great stuff, great humor. Then there's Not the Bee. It's actually called Not the Bee, and it is literally at notthebee.com. It's the same people, but it's just there are so many things in the news that are so ridiculous, but they're not actually intended to be comedy, that they started collecting them at Not the Bee. So you got to listen to some of the suggestions that the radical liberals had. Here's the first one. They should use long sticks. Yes, that's right. The police should use long sticks to subdue people who are going to stab somebody with a knife. I mean, why didn't we think of this before? Because, you know, if you're going to be stabbed to death, you just got to know that hopefully people will run up like a bunch of people with long sticks. And there's actually a picture of a guy on the ground and a bunch of cops standing around with long sticks. And the person says, I understand it might not have been appropriate in this situation, but it seems to work pretty well here when they show it in practice on the news. Yeah. So in other words, you need six guys to respond to every incident and they got to hop out of the car with long sticks. That's really a great idea. All right. The next person had a lot of really good ideas. You're going to love this. She said, de-escalation, like shouting, drop the weapon. Physical force, like tripping. Hmm, maybe he should have tripped her. There are many ways to disarm a person without shooting to kill. Well, how about de-escalation? I mean, why didn't he just yell, drop the weapon? That seems solid. She's about to kill somebody. And the other girl, of course, would have probably had the knife plunged into her chest, somewhere between the word the and weapon. But, you know, then you resort to physical force. Then maybe you shoot her. No, wait. Then you trip her, right? I mean, he could have just jumped in and tied her shoelaces, according to the B. That would be funny and effective. I mean, these people, it's unbelievable. Here's another one. He said, or the cops could, now stay with me here, talk to the people at the scene and ask what's going on instead of just murdering anyone in the area. I know it's a mind-boggling novel concept. If Have you seen the video? Do you think this person saw the video? Like the cop had time to, hey, what's going on here? Looks like we have an altercation going on. Do you know what she's doing? Do you know what she's doing? Uh, instead, he got out of his car. He saw a woman about to stab another woman with a steak knife or a butcher knife. Yeah, that's good. Okay, this is one. One asked, asked, where were the rubber bullets and tear gas or a nightstick and tackle or even a taser or even a dog? Rubber bullets. Maybe the person thinks that she was using a rubber knife. Tear gas. Well, that's a great idea because, you know, load the tear gas canister, take the time to shoot it. It goes up. Meanwhile, the person has been stabbed to death. I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable stuff. But this is actually what the, the leftists think. Here's a great one. I love this because this is like excusing knife fights. This person, leftist cat, says, multiple girls stabbed each other in fights at my high school and no one was even close to dying. These are just kids squabbling and no one had to die. So this is a new thing, right? It's like normal. 
because this is what we all want at our schools. Maybe this happened at your school. You know, I think back to my grammar school days and soccer out on the field and a little bit of dodgeball and then just occasionally a knife fight. These people are idiots. The bottom line is, Makia Bryant, there's a lot more going on. Is it tragic that she died? It's always tragic when somebody dies like this, especially young. It's absolutely tragic. The real tragedy, her mom's trying to play the victim. Her mom was not in her life. She was living in a foster home. Lord knows what this young girl's life was like. It's pretty bad if it comes down to her running around trying to stab people to death. And the problem is, I'm just going to say it fundamentally. I'm, I don't know if it's her case, but I put money on it. No father in the home. She certainly wasn't in her own home. She was in foster care at 16 years old. Lord knows what this girl's been through. This is a fundamental problem in our inner cities today. It's a fundamental problem in families, but especially in black families, the very high percentage of black kids without fathers in the home. And they end up committing crime. They end up committing suicide. They end up in jail. They end up on drugs. Those are the statistics. Now, I'm going to get called a racist because I'm quoting statistics, but those are just factual statistics. It's the way it is. I didn't make it that way. I'm just telling you what the stats are. We got to get fathers in homes. There needs to be an emphasis on that. Communities have got to get their act together and talk about the real deal. Mark Meckler is fighting every day to call the first ever Article 5 Convention of States to drain the swamp once and for all. Join Mark and millions of other Americans by signing the official petition at conventionofstates.com slash pod. And now back to the show. Okay, here's one of my favorite subjects. Next subject, to mask or not to mask. Mask or not mask? Where you at? Yeah, you could guess where I'm at. Be defiant. Don't mask. At this point, it's called facts and faith and not fear. Fear is not a virtue. It is a virtue signaling thing to wear a mask at this point. With so many people vaccinated, with so many people who've likely already had COVID and don't even know it, with those who've had COVID and know it, we are at herd immunity. And it's just unbelievable to me that people are still wearing masks. Now, I got to say, if you personally feel vulnerable and you want to wear a mask, if you have maybe pre-existing health conditions, you're worried about something like that, go ahead. More power to you. I'm not upset with you for wearing a mask. Just don't be upset with me for not wearing a mask, right? And I'm just going to tell you straight up, I'm not vaccinated. I don't feel like I have a need to get vaccinated. Maybe I already had COVID. Who knows? I haven't been tested to see if I have the antibodies, but I am not wearing a mask. This morning, I went into my favorite grocery store, same place I've shopped since I've moved here in Texas. They're called HEB stores. And they claimed that they were going to drop the mask mandate as soon as the governor dropped his mask mandate, which is now, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago. It's been a while. They still have these gigantic signs, like six, eight foot signs on the doors or next to the doors that say, you must wear a mask. And so you know what I do? I don't wear a mask because I'm not a sheep. I'm a person. I'm not a sheep. I'm not going to be a sheeple. I'm not going to do it just because other people are doing it. I just walk in. Sometimes they have a lady at the door that says, would you like a mask? No, thank you. I don't need a mask, right? I'm not sick. Most people have already had the virus or have had the uh, immunity, the antibodies, or they've had the uh, vaccination. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm not going to give anybody anything. I'm not worried about getting anything. So I just go about my business and shop. And occasionally now I'm getting even bolder. People I see them pulling at their masks or itching their face. I'm like, hey, you don't have to wear that anymore, you know? Like it's not a law. 
They just got to sign up. They're not going to make you do anything. Nobody ever says anything to me. I travel all over the country. I've been back and forth and back and forth. Some of you see me posting at markmeckler.com. I'm not wearing a mask in the airport. You know what they say? It's a federal mandate. Joe Biden, King Biden demands that you wear a mask. I feel like there should be posters of Joe Biden in the airport, like looking down on you, scowling at you, except for you wouldn't know he's scowling because he'd be wearing two masks. You know why? Because he's vaccinated. Okay, so I don't get the mixed messaging here, right? Everybody needs to get vaccinated so that you can be safe and so you can't make anybody else sick. That's the line, right? But after you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. In fact, you got to wear two masks. Why would anybody get vaccinated? You still got to wear a mask. You're still supposed to socially distance. You're still supposed to follow all the rules. This is what they say, but you should get vaccinated. None of this makes any sense. They can't get their messaging straight. This is really important. If you're a politician, if you're a party, if you're an administration, and you want people to do something because you think it's the right thing to do, give them the facts, ask them politely, tell them why, but get your story straight. Like get vaccinated and then wear two masks. That's called stupid. That's called inconsistent. So they're encouraging people to vaccinate and then they're discouraging people to vaccinate by telling them it won't be any better if you vaccinate. I mean, it's just, ugh, ah, drives me crazy. I would tell you, if you're a healthy person, don't wear a mask. You don't have to wear them in the airports. I have to wear them when I get on the plane. You don't have to wear them in the store. You don't have to wear them when you're driving around in your car and it's just virtue signaling at this point. I'm happy to say in church this morning, 95% of the people without masks on, really. And so for the few who feel you need it, God bless you, wear your mask. And, and maybe you really have health issues. If you're just scared, facts and faith over fear every time. By the way, MIT came out today and said there's no difference, or this week, no difference between six feet and 60 feet, right? Everything, if it's going to be in a room, it's about how many people in the room, how dense are the people, how long are they there? It has nothing to do with being six feet or 60 feet apart. I mean, it's just ridiculous. These people don't know anything. All right, here's another one. This one is odd, okay? Because I don't only do politics. Sometimes it might seem like I only do politics, but I'm interested in a whole lot of stuff. One of the things that I've always been interested in my whole life is space exploration. Why? I guess, you know, I grew up in the Apollo era. I remember the moon landing. I remember all of that excitement. And I grew up on science fiction. Any of you grew up on science fiction? Heinlein, Asimov, Gibson, because you move into the more modern. I loved these authors, McCaffrey, and so I loved all these authors. I grew up on science fiction, the idea of exploring space. I think it's baked into America's DNA. We're a frontier nation. We are at our best when we are expanding, when we are seeking, when we are exploring. We came all the way across the continent and then we stopped because where else are we going to go, right? Up. That's where we go, to the stars. And I think it was a grave mistake after we landed on the, on the moon that we stopped exploring space. So I'm really excited that we're on Mars, that the rovers have been on Mars, that Intrepid is on Mars. And now there's a helicopter on Mars. How cool is that? Actually, a drone helicopter on Mars that they have flying around up there. That to me is absolutely incredible. The technology, the knowledge required the mathematics required, the computer power required. I think it's incredible that God gifted us with this intelligence 
that we could figure all this stuff out. And I absolutely love it. And I don't think there's anything inconsistent with science and God. I think it's completely consistent. And I love the fact that we use our God-given talents and there is now a helicopter named Ingenuity, which seems perfect, flying around on Mars. The pictures are so cool. And I'm a feeling there's a lot more to come. If you're not paying attention to this, I think you should, because sometimes we need something positive and exciting and fun and encouraging and forward thinking that's going on out there so that we don't just get bogged down in all the crap because there's a lot of junk going on here on earth. And you know, the one thing I'm not hearing from the left, I am not hearing that Mars is racist. I mean, they'll get around to it, but right now they're not saying it's racist. I'm not hearing that the intrepid or ingenuity are racist. Again, I'm sure they're going to get around to it, but they haven't ruined that yet. They haven't made NASA or the moon or Mars or exploration into some woke anti-racist garbage yet. So pay attention to it. It's really cool. It'll take your mind off of politics and it's fun stuff. Okay, here's another one. Let's move on to the next. Gun control. Are you in favor of gun control? You know, if you're like me, and this is an old one I know, so don't groan. Gun control just means how tight of a group can you make on your target, right? That's gun control. If you're a guy that likes guns or a woman that likes guns. And my family, we like guns. My son's a Marine. He likes guns. My daughter learned to shoot when she was very young. She was talking recently. She went to the range. You know, she's 21 years old now. She is very, very competent with a firearm. And she was saying how cool it was as a 21-year-old woman that in the group of people she was with, she was one of the most com competent people. When she was young, and I'm talking 10, 12 years old, uh, she used to like to shoot my Glock 27, which is a 40 cal. For a kid, that's a, you know, that's quite a gun, right? That packs a wallop. She liked that better than a nine or even a 22. She liked the 40 cal. And so she's been shooting for a long time. Now Americans are shooting more and more. Gun purchases on the rise. Here's a cool thing. There are four, uh, let's see. You see four pro-gun control proposals and they are dropping in support. Americans remain almost perfectly divided on whether making guns harder to buy would have an effect on mass shootings. 51 say uh, say it wouldn't change anything or it would make it worse. 49% make would make it better. Americans sorted themselves almost into three separate camps on the effect of increased gun ownership. 34% say it would make more crime, 31% say less, and 34% say it would have no effect. So I want you to think about those numbers. That is 65% say that gun control would have no effect on crime or it would lead to, uh, let's see, no, more gun ownership, sorry. 64, 65% say more gun ownership leads to less crime or no effect on crime. Get that two thirds of people say that if there are more guns on the streets, it either has no effect on crime or it, de oh, sorry, decreases crime. I mean, this is incredible. And support for gun laws, stricter gun laws down from 2019 and 2018, settling near the levels it was at in 17. I mean, this is incredible. They pulled five specific gun control proposals and all of them saw a drop in support. You know, the only one that tends to rise in support, they ask people, are you in favor of common sense gun control measures? What the hell does that mean? Nobody knows what that means. Are you in favor of common sense government? Yeah. Are you in favor of common sense driving? Of course. Are you in favor of common sense laws? Mm, 
Yes, it's common sense, right? So, I mean, this is just, it depends on how they ask the polls, but I think the good numbers are that people say if you had stricter gun control laws, it has no effect on crime or it actually makes crime rise, right? Things are safer. And this is statistically true. The more guns there are in American society, the safer American society is. You can look up John Lott. He's done a bunch of studies on this. By the way, I mentioned sci-fi. My favorite sci-fi author of all time, Heinlein, said an armed society is a polite society. I think that's true. Let's talk a little bit about convention estates because I had a busy week. It's weird. It seems like a little strange to me, but I was actually in North Carolina twice this week. I was there for a committee hearing. Some of you guys might've watched that committee hearing online. It was amazing. We had a rally in North Carolina at the Capitol. I told you all about it last Sunday that it was coming up. I saw a lot of you there on Sunday. I think we had, I'm gonna say around 300 people there roughly. Really cool rally out on the lawn between the legislature and the legislative office building. A lot of people showed up, a lot of great speakers. Most people wearing COS t-shirts. You can get those shirts, the rally shirts with the COS flag on them. You can get those at conventionofstates.com forward slash store. Uh, they're our most inexpensive t-shirt. We tell people you should wear them all to rallies. They did lots of them. And then we went into the legislature, just happened this way, just a coincidence, right? There was a hearing, a committee hearing in the rules committee in the North Carolina House. It's a big committee, a lot of people in the committee, and we packed the committee room with people with our COS shirts on. It looked really cool. You could probably see those photos in the news at conventionofstates.com. So they're all in there. And then something really funny happened. At the back wall of the committee room, there's maybe 40 people, 30 people in the committee room. There are no more seats than that. The back wall is glass, and it leads out to an atrium in the center of the legislative office building. And at some point, somebody came up and whispered to the chairman that he should they should open the curtains. And they did. They opened the curtains. And I turned around and looked behind me, and what you could see is the entire atrium filled with people in COS shirts. And there was really kind of a buzz, like a Twitter on the on the committee itself, people looking out that window, looking behind me and seeing all those people sitting out there in their COS shirts. And COS passed on a voice vote. I would say the highlight of the whole committee hearing was there was a Democrat who ultimately voted for us, Representative Richardson. And he was asking a series of questions, pretty good questions, I got to say. And one of his questions, though, was, why can't we just get Congress to do what we want them to do? And everybody burst out laughing. The whole committee burst out laughing. Uh, he laughed. Uh, everybody in the audience laughed. And then our sponsor said, is that a rhetorical question? Which, of course, caused even more laughter. It was really funny what happened. I mean, it was just, it was great. And then it passed on a voice vote. And a voice vote means it was so overwhelmingly in favor that nobody actually called for a vote. They just say, all in favor, aye, all against nay. It was clearly the eyes had it. They only call for a voice vote if it's so close you can't tell or somebody on the committee calls for that voice vote because they think it's close. That didn't happen, so we blew through committee. Now they're just, question is, when do we get to the floor? And the votes are close. If you're in North Carolina, call your state legislator, let them know. Why are the votes close? I mean, this happens a lot, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little frustrated about it. It's because there are lunatics, people who are irrational and emotional and don't listen to facts and don't do their homework and don't have any real research and don't have anybody to back up their position who say there's going to be a runaway convention. You guys have heard this, right? They're going to do whatever they want. See, the thing about people from the John Birch Society is they can't do simple math because it takes only 13 states to stop anything that becomes a proposal or a suggestion at convention. And there's nothing that you can think of that could be ratified by 38 states that you and I wouldn't like. 
So anyway, that's that's the state of play on the ground. We're going to go to the committee. I mean, we're going to go to the floor in the North Carolina House here in the next week or two. I'm really excited by that. This week, by the way, I'm home. I'm actually home all week right now, unless something happens soon. Right now, I'm going to be home all week. I'm excited to be home, get to hang out with my wife. I get to hang out with Levi. I get to see the kids. I get to see my parents, maybe help them fix their cars some more. I even get to get in the gym and work out, which is a real treat because when I'm on the road, not a lot of that happens. Oh, I did the committee hearing, by the way. I forgot to say, I went back on Saturday. Uh, I was at the uh, county convention, the GOP convention uh, in District 6 in North Carolina. I spoke at that convention. Uh, Speaker of the House was also there. It was great. I love doing that. I love just meeting grassroots folks, whether it's Democrats, Republicans. I, don't, I just like meeting people. So it was great. But I went back and forth to North Carolina twice this week. That's a lot. I like doing it. I think I've been in North Carolina at least four times this year. I like you guys in North Carolina. I They told me I'm an honorary Tar Heel now. I should probably look up what that means. I think it's a positive thing. Anyway, uh, that's North Carolina. South Carolina is hot on their heels. There's a lot going on in South Carolina. I expect to be there shortly. I'm excited about getting back to South Carolina. And uh, all right, we're going to go to question and answer because I think I have another five minutes left. This is my favorite part always because you guys are the smartest people out there. Here we go. Let's, uh, producer G's got a bunch of questions up here for me. John Potts says, I say cattle prods for use on Congress. Make them do what they took the oath to do. Hmm. That's probably not legal, but it is tempting. All right. Uh, Diane Shaver says, I want to, uh, I want to rebel against the mask at my job, but I lost other jobs when COVID was introduced. What should I do? Like, I mean, for me, Diane, it's a, it's a question of, you, you got to have a job. Obviously I never want to be rude. I try to be really kind about whatever I do, even if I'm being a rebel, but I would absolutely talk to some of your coworkers, see if they feel the same way and see if you can get your coworkers to go to management. It doesn't always work out. You might get fired for doing that, but I don't know. I've just always been a rebel and I've lost jobs for it. Uh, Catherine Paranaud says, where does Idaho stand on iOS? Catherine, it was a very frustrating year in Idaho. I'm actually really upset about it. The chairman of the committee was against us and honestly did some really, uh, in my opinion, unethical stuff around our measure there in Idaho. So we'll continue to build in the off season. We need your help in Idaho. Peter Kane says, is the COS movement rising in Pennsylvania? It is, Peter. You need to get involved. Go to conventionofstates.com, click on the sign the petition, uh, and then click on take action. Sign up as a district captain. Peter, I want to see you next time I go there. I'm going to be looking for you. You're going to be my favorite district captain. Garrett uh, says, producer G says, Glenn Whitler, where's Nebraska with COS? Oh, when we are so close. So there's a weird thing in Nebraska. It's Unicam, right? Which is weird anyway. It's one house. They have their Senate. It's the only house there. It's the only state in the country that has a unicameral legislature. Makes it particularly tricky and difficult. So the committee, they do a weird thing there. Committees, even though Republicans have a distinct majority, they claim to be nonpartisan. So the committee is two and two, two Democrats, two Republicans. So we can never get out of committee. They tried to pull it out of committee. There's a motion they can do called a pull motion. It was debated on the floor. We lost by two votes. They're now doing a motion for reconsideration. Call your senator if you're there, Gwen. Call your senator. Literally call this weekend, leave a message. Call early tomorrow morning. Tell your senator to vote for reconsideration and vote for the poll motion. All right, one last thing. Jill Jones says, Mark, should we purchase a gun if we don't own one and take target and safety classes? I'm a strong supporter of the Second Amendment, but I haven't had an interest in owning a gun. 
My answer, Jill, is absolutely, positively, you should own a gun. Look, we live in a time when the left is calling for defund the police, and a lot of police departments are having their funding decreased. Even if they're not, here's one thing I can promise you. If somebody breaks into your apartment or your home and they have a gun, the police cannot get there in time to save you. They can't. If that person intends you harm, unless the police just happen to be sitting outside your house, they're not going to be there in time. And we used to joke, I lived in a rural county, that the police job was to draw that chalk line around your body, right, as you're laying on the floor. You have to be able to defend yourself and your family. And the most fundamental God-given right that you and I have is the right to self-defense. So I highly recommend go out and buy a gun, take some safety classes. You can actually sign up. We're having a class out at Frontside in Pahrump, Nevada, if you can make it. It's in May. You can get the deals, uh, the details by going to conventionofstates.com and searching uh, Constitution Coach or Front Site, and you'll find the details on that. It's a two or four day gun safety course. It's made for people who've never shot before or people who are already expert marksmen. I'm really excited about it. I haven't been out there before. My friend Rick Green has been out there many, many times. He's hosting us out there at Front Site, but I would say absolutely, Jill, get a gun. And here's what I'll tell you about it it's really empowering. I've helped a lot of women learn to shoot. I've helped a lot of women figure out how to buy their first gun and uh, get to the range, get trained on that stuff. It's very empowering. Look, guys, just inherently, we're bigger, we're more muscular, we can overpower women. You're at a distinct disadvantage out there in the world if somebody intends to do you harm. And look, the only time you're gonna regret not owning a gun is if you need to own a gun, right? If you're in that moment, you'll think, I wish I had a gun. And so I would highly encourage, especially women, go out there, get a firearm, get trained on how to use a firearm, get trained on self-defense stuff. Really cool. I'll tell you that my latest favorite gun for women is the Walther CCP. It's uh, the CCP, I believe, stands for Concealed Carry Pistol. It's very easy to rack. It's an easy spring slide. Uh, so it's really good for women. Uh, it's got low recoil to it. And the 9mm or the 380 ACP, fantastic weapons got one for my wife recently she loves it i mean it just she was clean with it immediately it is a very comfortable easy to use weapon so my answer jill is an unequivocal yes all right debbie cobb from uh oh my god how, i can't even spell how do i say your last name debbie i'm gonna try you're gonna have to forgive me but i am gonna try debbie cobb wolajewika wolajewika yeah wolajewika debbie cobb wolajewika <laughs> Do you have a website? I live in North Carolina. We do. Conventionofstates.com. That's the place. Go to conventionofstates.com, sign the petition, get signed up to help. And Debbie, we're going to need you because things are happening. It's a huge team. It's an active team. It's a fun team. It's a great family. I expect to see you involved, Debbie. All right. Uh, last thing. Garrett says a lot of people are asking about their state and COS. Join your local team to find out. I mean, this is what you got to do. Go to conventionofstates.com. Click on the petition, sign the petition, then click the Take Action tab, volunteer, join your local team to find out what's going on. Make history. Don't watch history. Make history. Don't watch history. Conventionofstates.com. Love you guys. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week on The Battle Cry. This has been the podcast version of The Battle Cry with Convention of States Action President Mark Meckler. Originally aired as a live video broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States on YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod 
and become part of the solution that's as big as the problem. Thank you for listening.